Thank you, Di. Please bow your heads to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you do have a Bible with you, do have it open either on your phone or in front of you uh, to Daniel chapter 2, I believe on the church Bibles, we're on page 884. I wonder, as you look through the pages of history and you see kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, it's easy to wonder, as you look at the war in Ukraine and elsewhere, if God is in control of it all. As you look around the world today at nations and leaders jostling and vying for power, you may doubt God's sovereignty, his lordship over them. As you look into your own heart and see how you would like to live your life, the things you would like to do if if you were in charge, how you would change and control the situations around you, see more how you think they ought to be you may wonder if you can really trust God to rule wisely, if he is even ruling at all. Today, God will show us through his word that he is ruling and reigning. The question this passage raises for us this morning is, will we worship the Lord whose kingdom is being revealed? Will we worship the Lord whose kingdom is being revealed? Last week, we were introduced to Daniel and his three teenage friends taken as prisoners of war into the pagan world of Babylon. And we saw from their example, and with the help of the Lord Jesus by his spirit, how we too can stand firm in the Lord in the face of great pressures around us to become corrupt or to forsake the Lord Jesus. This week, we have what is, I'm sure, to many of us, a very familiar story. King Nebuchadnezzar is having a dream, and it's disturbing his beauty sleep. The only problem is he can't actually remember what he dreamt about. How frustrating. And so the king calls in all his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers, and he lines them up in front of him, and he says to them, verse 3, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Now, you can imagine the delight on these men's faces. They rubbed their hands together. An opportunity to interpret the king's dream was a great honor. And to be fair, no one could really know if your interpretation was correct. Well, not for a little while at least. Verse 4. May the king live forever. That's their voice. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. So far, so good. Until we get to verse 5. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. There's a little bit of back and forth. And finally, the astrologers answer in verses 10 and 11, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among humans. And so, true to his word, the king orders the execution of all his wise men, which includes Daniel and his three friends. What's going to happen? It's an impossible task. How can anyone tell what the king 
his dream means if he doesn't first tell them what he's dreamt. I mean, no one on earth can do what the king asks, can they? No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they don't live among humans. The book has only just begun. We're two chapters in, and already it seems like it's about to end with Daniel and his friends dying. But what we're about to see is that the astrologers were partly right. Only a divine being can reveal the dream, but, and it's a big but, the true God does speak to his people, and he will one day come to live among them. So Daniel gets wind of his death sentence, and immediately, verse 16, asks the king for time so that he might interpret the dream. Then, verse 18, he gathers his three friends and urges them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed. There's a joke, you might have heard it, uh, that goes something like this. You'll never be able to completely remove prayers from a school. Why not? Well, try it and see how many students will ask God for help on the first day of the GCSEs. It's often true that when people face hard decisions or life and death situations, they turn to prayer, regardless of whether they have faith or not. Why is that? Well, because like a student who looks at the first exam question, they know there is no way they can help themselves out of that situation. It would take a miracle. And so realizing their weakness and inadequacy, they, they call out to someone stronger and wiser and more powerful than themselves. They call out to God or the universe. But unlike a child sending an emergency prayer to a God they've never worshipped, Daniel loved the Lord, as we heard last week, and he knew that God's hand was upon him. As faithful believers in God, let me encourage you not just to pray in emergencies or when you remember, but as those who love the Lord and who have his spirit, make talking to him, to God, a regular part of your life and a priority. Join us, as Gina said, for our morning prayers every morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 o'clock. Or join us on our third Sunday as well as we pray and sing together. Pray through our prayer diary and our news sheet. Join us to pray. And so these men pray, and that night, whilst Daniel was sleeping, God revealed to him the mystery of the king's vision, verse 19. What does Daniel do first? Well, he gives praise to the God of heaven and bursts into song. I mean, wouldn't you? God has just saved Daniel's life by performing a miraculous thing. He has revealed this mystery. Praising God is the right response, isn't it? But Daniel's song is more than thanksgiving. He states unchanging truths, eternal truths about God's character. Verse 20, wisdom and power belong to God. 21, he changes times and seasons. God deposes kings and raises up others. God gives knowledge and wisdom. Verse 22, God reveals the hidden things. It's interesting that whether God had revealed this dream to Daniel or not, it shouldn't change what Daniel's song is about. All of these things are true about God, regardless of if Daniel ended up being executed or not. As believers, we should praise God in all circumstances, good or bad, always trusting in his goodness. Now, if we look a little bit deeper, it seems God has equipped Daniel, had prepared him for this unique moment. If you turn back a page to chapter 1, verse 17, we read this. 
To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And this is important. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. God had equipped Daniel and placed him in the right place at the right time. God had revealed this dream to Daniel for a special purpose. Not to save Daniel's life and not to save the life of his friends, although that's a good bonus. But so that the king, this foreign king, would come to know that the God of Israel is the one true God. Now, at this point, it would be helpful if I told you that King Nebuchadnezzar was an incredibly pious man. The British Library holds an inscription of a prayer Nebuchadnezzar said on the day of his coronation. You can go see it. It's wonderful. And this prayer gives honor and praise to Marduk, who's the main Babylonian god. King Nebuchadnezzar himself was named after the Babylonian god of wisdom, the god Nebu. However, as we've seen in the story, the Babylonian gods were powerless to open the minds of their enchanters and their astrologers to these mysteries, not even Nebu, the so-called god of wisdom. Yet there is a God who gives wisdom to the wise and reveals hidden things as Daniel has sung. Not the Babylonian gods, but the one true God. Today we seek wisdom in all kinds of places, from Google, from Siri, from ChatGPT, from libraries, but probably not Alexa. But true wisdom is found in God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding So the person who wrote the Proverbs writes in chapter 9. Will King Nebuchadnezzar recognize this truth? Will he worship the Lord whose kingdom is being revealed? Will we? What follows is the story that we've just heard read from Dai about Nebuchadnezzar's dream of a statue, a rock, and a mountain. I don't want to work through this in detail, but instead to show three key points in the story to see what these reveal about God and how we should respond to them. Firstly, the God who reveals mysteries. Then the statue. And finally, the rock. So firstly, the God who reveals mysteries. Uh, Look with me at the beginning and the end of Daniel's speech to the king. Verse 26, the king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Verse 27, Daniel says, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, who has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. And then skip down to the end of the speech, verse 45. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. The king has asked Daniel if he is the one who can give him a good night's sleep. But Daniel immediately deflects attention away from himself and onto his God. The astrologers were right. There is a God who can reveal mysteries and he is the God of the Israelites. In the New Testament, Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans and the letter to the Ephesians that God has now made known to us the mystery of his will his plans and purposes. That Jesus Christ is Lord, a message revealed to us to proclaim. God gave Daniel a word to speak to the king to make clear what was once a mystery to him. And we who trust in Jesus have been given words too. 
Jesus has given us his words and commissioned us, his people, to go out into the world and to make clear what was once a mystery, his will and his plans. Like Daniel, we are to unveil these mysteries to the people around us, the people God has sent us to, and maybe someone in this room might have the opportunity to share such visions and mysteries to people in power. What's more, uh, this God has chosen to speak directly to Nebuchadnezzar. Did you catch that? I look down again at verse 28. He, the God who reveals mysteries, has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Just think about that for a moment. Remember, King Neb had just burned down God's holy city of Jerusalem and taken artifacts from God's holy temple. Why has God revealed himself to this man? Here, we come to the statue. Look with me at verse 36 onwards. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion, power, and might, and glory. Into your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. Now, with hindsight, we can know that the kingdom of Babylon was eventually gave way to the Medo-Persians who were replaced by the Greeks and who were in turn replaced by the might and power of Rome. For the king, for the, the first readers of this book, and for us today, God is confirming what we heard last week in chapter 1, verse 2. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Not just that, God has given him dominion and power. God has placed all of mankind in his hands, along with the animals and the birds. God has made him ruler over all. God, it says, has established Nebuchadnezzar, and God will bless his rule. And in the same way that the quality of the metals in the statue become less desirable as you move down, God is saying that his kingdom, the head of gold, will be the best of them all. You see, God had warned his people again and again that should they fail to keep his commands, then he will send judgment upon them. And the Babylonians were God's instrument of judgment. This is an uncomfortable truth, isn't it? Does God's judgment make you uneasy? It should do. God is reminding us here that sin is serious and must be paid for. The Israelites sinned time and time again, and their exile, according to the Bible, was the consequence for their sin. But, as awful as the exile was, and it was awful, it was nothing compared to the way that God accounted for our sin, yours and mine, in the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Take comfort in the truth that God is in control and working out all things according to his plan, even if we can't understand why, even if it feels painful. Because the alternative to God being in control is that he isn't. The alternative to God being all powerful and sovereign is that he is weak in the face of evil. And sisters and brothers, that is a frightening lie of the devil. 
God has shown King Neb a vision of this statue, symbolizing the kingdoms of man and God he has established. But then there is this rock. Verse 44, cut out, not by human hands, this rock is cut out by God. And this rock will come in the age of iron and clay and will smash it. And it will become a huge mountain. So huge it fills the whole earth, verse 35. The mountain that the God of heaven has established, verse 44, is a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Whereas the kingdoms of man, the statue represents, are fixed to one part of the world, the mountain will fill the whole earth. And whereas each earthly kingdom is temporary and passed from one nation to another, the kingdom of God will be established forever and will never be destroyed or left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock. But what is the rock? Has it come? If the iron and clay feet symbolize the Roman Empire, which I would say they do, doesn't that mean we should now be experiencing the kingdom of God on earth? The rock the Lord promised to come from the family of Jacob back in Genesis chapter 49. The psalmist speaks of a stone that would be rejected by builders, but would become the most important stone in the finished building, the cornerstone, Psalm 118. The prophet Isaiah takes this stone imagery and prophecy further in chapter 8 of his prophecy, saying that he will be like a sanctuary for God's people, but a stumbling block for all others who don't look to God, which would cause them to trip and be broken apart. Sisters and brothers, this stone indeed did appear in the time of the Roman Empire. And when this stone spoke, he said in Luke chapter 20, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and anyone on whom the stone falls will be crushed. You know these words. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus is the stone promised by God in Genesis, sung of by David in the Psalms and prophesied by Isaiah. Jesus is the rock that entered our world during the Roman Empire and established his kingdom, a kingdom that has spread throughout the whole world and has outlasted every other for over 2,000 years, a kingdom over which the Lord Jesus still rules today from his throne in heaven and by his spirit on earth. God has now revealed the deep and hidden things, verse 22. He has made known what lies in darkness and has shown his light. Nebuchadnezzar's response to hearing all of this was to give honor to Daniel and to praise Daniel's God, verse 47. Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, he says. Nebuchadnezzar recognized that by Daniel doing the impossible, telling him his dream, that his gods, Nebu and Marduk, the so-called gods of Babylon, were beneath Daniel's god. And that even he, the king, came under this god's lordship, the god who reveals mysteries. Seeing God's kingdom revealed, Nebuchadnezzar responds with worship. The question for us is, how will we? We have seen a greater, more complete revelation of God through his son, Jesus Christ. How will we respond to this news? 
Will you worship the Lord Jesus whose kingdom has been revealed and obediently submit to his rule? Or will you reject this stone? Will you stumble on the rock of Christ and be broken by him? There is only one kingdom that has been established by God. One kingdom that has lasted and will last into eternity. All others will be crushed by him. Gold, silver, bronze and iron, nothing can be allowed to stand against the rule of King Jesus, our king. God is in control of all things and he has established a king, King Jesus Christ, to rule over his kingdom perfectly and rightly for eternity. King Nebuchadnezzar worshipped the Lord whose kingdom has been revealed to him. Our question for this morning is, will we? Please bow your heads to pray. Surely our God is the God of God and the King of kings, the revealer of mysteries. In those days, the God of heaven set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, but will itself endure forever. Father God, we thank you for your word and your spirit, and we thank you that you are true and good to your promises. That your promises made way back in Genesis, sung of in the Psalms, and prophesied again in Isaiah, were revealed hundreds of years later to be true and perfect in Jesus. Lord, as we look upon the way you rule your world, we can be perplexed and bemused, we can be afraid, and we can be concerned. Lord, we don't know why you do things the way you do. But we do know that you are good. That your ways are perfect. And that we can trust you. So Lord, by your spirit, give us a firm hope and trust in you. Continue to reveal in our hearts the work of your son, our saviour Jesus. That we would worship you as we look upon your kingdom's growth in this world. And for those of us here, Lord, who don't yet know you as saviour, don't yet know you as king, help us to look to your cross, to find hope and salvation in you, and to be members of your kingdom, enjoying the blessings both now and for eternity.